Grounded is an arts, wellness, and media brand that is rooted in healing through creativity and culture. Create space and time with Grounded and be inspired to lead a well-balanced life. Live your life authentically and freely with Grounded. Hello, beautiful beings. You are now tuning in to the Grounded Podcast, where we share your well-being, art, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. I'm your host, Bianca Yuzon Henares, and today we're coming at you from EPX HQ in Taguig, Metro Manila. Our next guest is a household name in the Philippine electronic music scene. A multi-genre musician, he draws his inspiration from a vast scope of soundscapes and styles, such as avant-garde, ambient, lo-fi, hip-hop, and synth funk, to name a few. Apart from his notable commercial work in the film, TV, fashion, and broadcast industry, he is a professor at the De La Salle College of St. Benilde School of Design and Arts, the grounded founder's alma mater, and he runs his own electronic music school, which I happen to be a proud student of, called Cosmic Sonic Arts. Featured in numerous blogs and publications such as Pitchfork and Scout Magazine, his unique yet trademark compositions have made waves internationally as well. In 2018, he represented the Philippines as one of the chosen few to participate in the Red Bull Music Academy, a distinguished global music institution in Berlin. A founding member of the Buan Buan Beatmakers Collective, as well as one of the masterminds behind the eclectic online club Matryoshka, which exists in a Minecraft server. He is humble as he is brilliant. Everyone give it up for Jorge Winicky, known as Similar Objects. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jorge. Thank you so much for taking time to join us at Grounded. Uh, between teaching, running a school, a virtual club, client work, and being a good boyfriend, and working on your next album, how do you maintain balance in your life and manage your time these days? I think it takes a lot of like time management. I guess writing your thoughts down a lot, or actually just being in touch with your own thoughts. I think it helps to you know be mindful every day. Um, I also do a lot of like meditation in the morning and goal setting. Yeah. Funny, I was about to ask, are there any like post-waking, pre-sleep rituals that are like non-negotiable for you that you have to do every day? Well, it used to be like non-negotiable, but sometimes when you wake up, it's like I think of work first now. So sometimes there, there are some days where I get to skip it, but it used to be like meditation before I sleep and meditation before I wake up. Yes. Is there like a, uh, like a specific kind or do you do different kinds? I do a lot of different kinds. I started out um, with Buddhist meditation, with focuses on the breathing, and then I got into like the different kinds of creative meditation, dynamic meditation, or visualization, or even the guided one. I love those guided ones yeah. on YouTube. You can yeah. look for like whatever you're feeling. Cool. And for you, what is meditation? I feel like it's a way for us to sort of strip away all the unnecessary things and trimming the fat. Uh, but it's also a way for you to sort of like reset your brain and start of the morning and know exactly what you want to focus on, know exactly what you need to focus on before you just get lost in the sauce. Yeah. Nice, because it's so easy to get lost and like how, especially when you start the day with like checking your phone, yeah, social media. Yeah, for me, I feel like it's a good cleanup. Like, you know how they say you brush your teeth every yeah. day? This is kind of like hygiene for the, for the mind, for the soul. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So. You pretty much eat, sleep, and breathe music. How did this come about? Like, did you know you wanted to be doing this for the rest of your life when you were like five, or did it 
kind of gradually. It wasn't always like on the, the first. It wasn't always the first thing on my mind. Like um, my parents used to say when I was a kid, um, I had like a lot of fleeting hobbies and interests. But I guess I found music when I started like stealing my dad's iPod or like borrowing his iPod because uh-huh. he never really used his iPod. He had the first generation iPod. Wow. And even prior to that, we my mom would take us out to buy cassettes every weekend, wow. and we'd we'd get me and my brother would get to choose one cassette each. So I think it's that it's like my relationship with music was always like it was very casual. I was a casual listener. I wasn't as obsessed as I am now. <laughs> but I guess it started when I started being in a band. Like I started being more into it, writing songs, writing poetry, and then playing instruments. Um, my first instrument was the piano. Well, I was very influenced by chip tunes or video game music uh, so when I looked it up it's like you need a certain cartridge to make it which I sort of felt like I couldn't afford or was out of reach so I would just borrow my mom's laptop in at, when she's asleep and just try to make install pirated software and like twiddle would she be like what is this when she wakes up or you she was fine with it yeah um, when when it, when she wasn't allowing me to borrow the laptop, I was just using the family computer outside, so I'd stayed out there uh, late nights and set up like this plastic keyboard and like you know just try to make music. So yeah, and I think those were the starts. Uh, that, that was the start of me actually just making solo stuff. And this is you like in high school. High school, towards the end of high school, I would send my stuff to my friends, but it'll always they'll always be like, "What's this? It's weird." Yeah. So what's your creation process like? Like I know some people start with the beat. I'm 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 a very big fan of like Bruce Lee going up. Like I took up Jit Kundo before. But more than the martial art and how brilliant he is, I think I really like the philosopher aspect, how he always talks about no way as way. And that's what Jit Kundo was. And I feel like I apply it to the same to the, the, the same philosophy to music. Um, a lot of beat makers have templates, so like when they start they want everything to be set up. Mm-hmm. For me I feel like different starting points all the time that's how i work it's like i like opening up a blank set and letting the vibe just dictate what what the song needs so sometimes i'll start with a beat sometimes i'll start with a rhythm sometimes sometimes i'll start with a melody or found sounds or the texture it's always different every time and i love how even though it's always different every time there's some sort of unifying factor that makes it still within the same context yeah it's very like intuitive like it's always blank and then I sort of just let it, you know, feel it out, what the, what the energy is. Like, should I start with, like, making a synth? Should I start with making a drum pattern? Yeah, or choosing the sounds. So yeah. you let it flow. And is this just for your, like, your creative work or for, like, client work as well? Like, Well, client work is very different. It has to be very calculated. Mm-hmm. So it's different. For me, it's refreshing that when I, when I go back to my stuff, it even the process is, like, very different from the other stuff that I do, yeah. Cool. And where do you draw your inspiration from? Lately, a big inspiration has been like pareidolia or like finding patterns in their in everyday things or in randomness or t- even taming chaos. Yeah. So that's a big factor for me now. It's like I try to find you know patterns in things. Yeah. In nature or in your daily life. What do you mean, like physical patterns or like you know how numbers? 
keep coming up like you always see 11 11 or 3 both maybe it's like it can be like sort of literal patterns or even like abstract patterns yeah oh okay so that's where you draw your inspiration from now what has changed in the local music industry from when you started out and where do you see it heading so that's like two questions i feel like there's a lot that has changed um there's definitely more openness towards electronic music now i remember i used to play for shows that people would either find it weird or they, or they would boo me off the stage. Or what? Whereas if you did that now, it's like the norm. Normal na ngayon. Yeah. Like you go to a gig, people can gig with laptops mm-hmm. and, it, and it's accepted. And I think that's great. As well as I've been noticing and observing a lot of like really in, really great artists emerging from their bedrooms. And parang there's this sonic bloom happening. Yeah. Bedroom producers, right? Bedroom producers. Right. And more and more people are, I guess because of the information that they get online, it's like, Everyone can learn how to do something. Everyone can get better at something. What What do you feel can be improved? With the Philippines? Yeah, like the local music industry. Whenever I travel, um, I realize that the Philippine talent, it's like everyone has a, is at par with whatever I see wherever I go. I feel like what it lacks is appreciation for your own stuff. It's like everyone's so busy looking towards the West. They're actually sleeping on what's really bubbling here and it's funny because if whenever i go different places or whenever i listen to what's what people are doing in the west a lot of it is actually inspired by southeast asian stuff or like they try to emulate our sounds or what's natural to us actually so it's kind of funny to to see that i feel like lang people need to sort of accept what's theirs or like own up to what's ours and make that their thing because sometimes be being from here is what makes us special also it is and it it takes sometimes it takes a while to see that sometimes you have to yeah. step out to realize but and i sort of feel like there's a sort of like it's the attention or like the focus is going to southeast asia now especially with experimental music a lot of people are really looking towards southeast asia for that there's this growing like appreciation for it and that's great because we're here already and we have all the we have all the samples and the local instruments we need in our so, backyard. So, yeah. okay, I'm getting really inspired. <laughs> At Grounded, we're an arts and wellness brand, and we firmly believe that creativity and the arts go hand in hand as healing tools. Is music a healing tool for you? I always believe that music and sound can be healing, and I feel like a lot of it has been drowned out. The, 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 the quality of music to be a healing thing is drowned out by the aspect that everyone thinks it's for entertainment. Mm. But uh, this is something I also like teaching my students, like music and sound, they're not just like there for entertainment. They can be, but there's, a, there's an aspect that actually affects you psychologically on a scientific level and maybe even on a metaphysical level. Yeah, like psychoacoustics, binaurals, yeah. But certain frequencies of sound like affect you like what's the one for love because um our last guest teresa herrera she gave us all like love tuners was it like a 432 thing something like that yeah 432 hertz yeah it's the frequency Mm -hmm. of love though and then when you when you hear it you kind of relax and it calms your nervous system yeah there's a lot um I sometimes give my students this handout that says each frequency, you can experiment with it. And I even teach them how to use a synth that can tune into those frequencies. Wow. And I said, experiment with it, put it in your music, don't tell anyone, and see what happens. So I used to do that a lot, but I felt like intention is stronger than deliberate frequencies. Mm-hmm. But some people would argue. 
I feel like the, when you're thinking about it and you're feeling the certain vibe and you're putting you're, you're actually putting it already into the music just by intending to it comes through yeah, I feel like it's too obvious that you deliberately put a frequency but right. I guess that's it works for some yeah, people for some people so I used to do that and some people would message me I use your music for studying and then I don't tell them I put this sort of frequency for concentration yeah, for concentration that's <laughs> a back lang. yeah nice and when you're creating your music what kind of again intentions do you have like do you visualize people how do you visualize them listening to your music do you want them to feel or think a certain way like these days or is yeah. it purely expressive well my previous work it's very introspective it's very like existential a lot of people would say it's existential or very meditative mm-hmm. and i sort of wanted to channel that with the beats now when you listen to it it gets you in this mood like um I don't know exactly what it, it, what the mood is because a lot of people say different things. But the most common is they say it's good for studying. They say it's good for meditation. They say it's chill. Yes. <laughs> Some people say it's a little bit psychedelic too. I feel that. Like when I when I listen to your stuff, it's kind of trancy, but not in your face trancy. Yeah. It's just kind of like comforting. <laughs> I feel sense? like at the end of the day, a lot of my music is sort of autobiographical. So whatever I'm going through and whatever is around me, you can hear it in the music. Like especially with this new album that I'm doing called Infinite Regression. It's a little bit about information activism, politics, technology, or like sort of envisioning a world where there's no separation between like gender, race, and styles of music. And like, it's just this like, parang alternate world where everything's just like a mushed, a smashed together. You know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So coming soon. Yeah. Not this year, but I might delay it a little bit because it's going to come out in a special on a special medium, which I can talk about later, yeah. So there are many budding musicians out there who have day jobs unrelated to music, understandably, yeah. right? Like we all gotta eat. True. Um, especially if you know you're still trying to find your way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice on how to not lose sight of their dreams? Because it's so easy, like living in the metro, everything's so fast paced and so many responsibilities and demands that sometimes music gets pushed That's to the true. sidelines. Yeah. This is advice I should tell myself as well. <laughs> okay. So I think it's very easy, like you said, to lose yourself and lose sight of what's what you're passionate about, especially with the day-to-day grind and like how everything sometimes is so automatic and everything becomes like a habit na and mechanical. For me, I try to set time. Talaga. It's like it's like a relationship. It's like you have to keep on checking in on it. It's like, hey, musical self, are you still alive? Hey, mu- hey musical self. It's like sometimes it's like, making small ideas, practicing the keyboard, writing down songs. It can also be like accepting small DJ jobs because even like playing music, digging for music, that's still part of it. And I feel like that's something that you have to continuously do. Um, I've, I've, I've sort of had those times where I feel like I'm losing it. I'm losing that, that side of myself. But it's a constant struggle of trying to find like maybe an hour, two hours a day just to do musical or musical practice or musical meditation. You know? Is this like a muscle you have to constantly work out? or? I feel like it is because it's if, you, if you stop doing it for a while, when you go back to it, it's like you're rusty and you can feel it. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a muscle. It's like how even your momentum when you create, if you do it every day, so it's automatic, it's like you're just flowing. And even losing that sort of flow state or getting learning how to get into that flow state, it becomes rusty if you don't do it a lot. I feel that even when I don't sing for, let's say, two weeks and yeah. then I uh, have a gig or something and I'm just like, oh man, yeah. it takes a while to yeah, get back in there. And you also have advice for like... Um, starting tracks and not finishing them because it can be so easy sometimes it's really easy to start them and then 
you know, sometimes it's not the right time, but also because we get we tend to get lazy or give up on it. Like, what steps did you take growing up to be so disciplined with your craft? Um, a lot of my friends would say I'm a workaholic and I'm always finding things to do. I, I think it's also like a psychological thing. When, I, when I'm not doing anything, I feel like I'm a waste of space. So I always tend to like look for things to do. Is that a Libra thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> it might be. Okay. But in terms of finishing tracks, it's like, for me, like, so the question is, how do I finish? Like, what's it? How do you instill that discipline? Or like, what advice can you give to people who always start them and never? Finish? Well, I feel like I used to have this thing where I'm not gonna sit down on the workstation if I don't intend to finish anything, and that used to be my mentality. So it's like I'm not gonna start a track if I'm not gonna finish it the same like same session. Mm-hmm. But my perspective on that has evolved because of how I feel like there's there's a plus side to leaving your project, resting a bit. And coming back with a you know, more grounded approach or grounded perspective towards it. Dati kasi parang, shit, I have to finish this today. And it sort of becomes half-assed sometimes. Okay. But I feel like, you know, the, the discipline of wanting to finish or even writing it down so you don't forget. Revisiting like, your your past projects, stuff like that. Yeah. But I really think that it's important to take notes. Like, I have a journal every day. I have a planner. So you can always go back to the things that you forget. Oh, you do, and do you bring it around, or is it at your workstation? You bring it around everywhere, yeah. It's um, and it's a written, like legit ball pen pencil. Yeah, I think I feel like it's different when you're writing things down. It's like it is, yeah. and I also like writing random ideas. Like sometimes you're just walking, and then you he- think about something, or you hear something. So you. Do you have any advice for musicians in general, especially the ones growing up here, because you know the terrain and you know what it's like. The other day they asked me this question also. Say, like, what's my advice? Because a lot of my, a lot of the people that, that I teach ask me, how do you find yourself? How do you find yourself first and, and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And I tell them try to like figure out who you are first. And I know that's a big, big thing to do and ask someone to do. But I feel like if you align yourself, I mean, if you look inside and you meditate, you sort of pay attention to what your body, what your brain, and your, what your soul is telling you. It's easy to find out what you want to say with your music as well. And I feel like it's also good to know what you're passionate and what you're excited about. And that can sort of be your internal compass for everything. There's a lot of things in life that people told me not to do. But those are also the things that excite me in life. And also have always brought me to better places. So I think learning how to listen to yourself. And also, for me, it relates a lot to meditation. Because that's when you start to know what this sort of substance is making you feel, what this person is making you feel. And just being sensitive to energy, being sensitive to vibes. Oh my gosh, I have a question about that later. But for now, so it's about knowing yourself first and being able to like listen to what's going on inside. And then from there, you'll be in a better space to create because you're not just, I don't know, trying to emulate yeah. a certain sound or artist. Uh, when an album or a track of yours is well-received or praised, do you ever get that fear of not being able to meet those standards for the next one or like having people not appreciate it as much? It's called um, second album or sequel syndrome. And how do you fight through that fear? I think I've gone through that. There was a time where I was making um, future R&B and future beats. And I, think, I guess a lot of people would say it's the SoundCloud era where everything was about that sound that SoundCloud was creating. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice time. Golden but age I, of yeah, SoundCloud. It was the golden age of SoundCloud where it wasn't about reposts. Uh, it, there was no reposting button yet. Um, and people wouldn't pay for reposts. Then it got to the point where people got so used to that sound of mine that anything I made after 
they were saying it's either too weird, too experimental. So I felt like I got pigeonholed because of a trend. And I was in this sort of headspace where I was wondering, I was worried. It's like a lot of people from my mailing list have been asking to be removed. But I realized it's it's strange because this is the time where I feel like I'm myself the most. And even in terms of musicality and like the sound, the sonic palette, I feel like this is me. When I make it, I feel like ito yung, this is what I hear in my head. It's the closest to what I hear in my head without even like, you know, like referencing things. So it's weird because the more I know myself, the more a lot of these people are have been like disappearing from engagement or like from my mailing list. And I realized it's sort of like the music is just like sorting itself out. It's weeding out who's there for the long run and who's there for the time. Parang fair weather fans, I guess. Fair weather fans, yeah, fair weather friends. Yeah, but I, I think it's okay that some artists create for their fans, and I, but I also think it's okay for you to your brand is just you being you. And I feel like that's the most effective for me because it's like, I don't have to explain myself. And I realize this wherever I go. It's like when I play in Vietnam, you meet people as weird as me and they, they're the ones that like my music or sometimes they even dress like me and they're into the same things. Or even like my fans here. And I have one fan that messaged me when I was in Japan saying that he feels like my songs give him superpowers. Oh. Like he says, like he remembers a song. So nice. There's one time though where he... Was gonna got hit by a, it was gonna get hit by a bus. Okay. Tapos sabi niya, he remembered my song, and then he said he was able to slow time para max pain daw. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you take away from it. But a lot of them, I realized a lot of my people that listen to my music are into that stuff. So it's interesting na parang may similar, may pattern din sa kanila. And you all found each other through your sound. Yeah. You said so many beautiful things. I just want to recap. Um, like how your music was weeding out the people who were just there for a good time and then the ones who were really like there mm. for the long run. I feel like also you're right. You shouldn't have to be apologetic for who you are because even if you start out with a certain sound, we're people, we grow, we evolve, we change. Yeah. And sometimes like our craft, our music evolves with us. So True. yeah, yeah, never know. I might be a rapper, but I'm not. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. So can you tell us about your experience with Red Bull Music Academy last year? Oh my Were God. there any particular insights that stood out to you being around all those amazing musicians from all around the world in such a concentrated environment? Because before you started, I remember you were like, oh, they took our phones yeah. and then they gave us phones yeah. and no contact with the outside world. And I was just like, what? That sounds so intense. Yeah. Um, it was really fun. Like, And it's funny that you mentioned it because it's actually like the anniversary of RBMA. No way. Like, Around this time, last year, I was in Berlin. Um, the experience is like, for lack of a better term, it was really a musical utopia. Wow. For, like, for, they tell you for the, for the next few days, everything is about you. And there's people coming in, really interested with your work. There's people coming in, like, they know your work. or they pe- There's even, like, people from press, they have, like, these, like, wheels that have, like, information about you. So, let's say they'll go up to you and be like, oh, they'll spin it around and look for the Manila guy. And there's my face. And it's like, he's into Twin Peaks. He's into David. Oh, my god! Yeah, so they know what to talk about already. Wow. But more than that, it was like, it really felt like a space carved in time for you to really actualize who you are and people encouraging you to do your thing. It's like... It's like you're surrounded by everyone and everyone's just trying to support you and make you feel like you you matter, your music matters. Um, but it didn't feel cheesy at all. It just felt spiritual for me. It felt like everyone there was a reflection of me, different uh, different versions of myself. I learned so much just from being there. And it's like there's highs and lows. Yeah, like I told you, they would they would allow they would sort of like 
you're not allowed to use your phones, but they give you like several phones to sort of like talk with the other participants through WhatsApp groups. But not a lot of people were using the the issued phones. Okay. Um, what else? There was a lot of studio time. There was a lot of lectures from people that we really looked up to, um, people that we wrote in the application for. And they they got that they brought them over. So it's like they they tailored the lectures for the participants, and the participants always change up every time. So it's like we really felt like shit. They really thought about us in everything and it's like even the food it's like there's like ve- there was like a vegan buffet every day was like buffet vegan buffet vegetarian normal food also curated yeah, for yeah. you guys and i remember you mentioned that like you had to write about what your dream gig was yeah. and they they made it happen yeah. to their capacity yeah. and you played yeah. in a- they booked they booked me um in what's it called it looked like a dungeon and then it was one of my favorite like rbma gig series uh it was like a digging in the carts which is like a video game series it's all about video game music so they got me and then they, they made me play alongside one of my like really like musical heroes like code nine so i played after him and i was like really freaking out they even put me beside him during the dinner so i was like were you nervous i was super nervous i couldn't talk to him i I think i even made some cringy jokes yeah (laughs) but it was fun it was fun like it was fun playing alongside people that had similar tastes in music like everyone that i played with that night i felt like i resonated with and they were all like we were all sort of like similar you know similar that's so nice. And I was just imagining myself beside like Florence oh Welsh and like how I would probably be like, so. <laughs> it was yeah. like, basically I got to like do a lot of like, I got to attend dream lectures and I got to play dream gigs and being around such a diverse uh, crowd, such a di- diverse lineup of people, even lecturers and mentors, they're always like looking out for you, taking care of you, giving you insights, giving you knowledge that you wouldn't normally get. Because these are people that are, have been in the industry um, people that have been like pioneers of certain sounds um, and then like other people I look up to were also participants so I was like oh my god it's like I listened to this guy on SoundCloud and now he's my classmate unreal thank you for representing our country yeah so well I'm sure you were you the only one from the Philippines prior to me there was one like a friend of mine John okay. Pope yeah. Okay. but it took me six years to like get in it's like I, I've been applying every year and I think they really what I realized is they really look after the, the, the application some people think that after you apply and you don't get in wala lang. Mm-hmm. I felt like it matters to them how many times and they, they really observe I met some people that were actually the ones that are choosing and they were saying oh they explained the process how a lot of people listen to your music and then it's like they're, they're, everyone's reading your application forms and the application forms aren't normal actually it's like the questions are pretty weird it's like where, when was the last time you cried if you're fighting with godzilla what would you do something like that it's really like specifically designed to figure out i don't know who to get and you were so chaga because you did it for several years and it's like a long it's like maybe a 15 to 20 page mm-hmm. application form for me it was fun there was a time i think the magic was when i stopped trying to impress them with the application form you're just yourself yeah there was one year where i was just shotgunning actually the, the one that i got in the application form that got me in i shotgunned it i downloaded the application form on the same day and <laughs> answered it in starbucks and then went to, to i think fedex or lbc and just like chucked it in i was like Bahalana. i feel like for me the application for form itself was existential it's like it was a way for me to reassess where are you in life as a musician and it wasn't more it, it bonus na lang if you get in. 
Wow, and you got in. So congrats again. Okay, so we're going to veer away from music for a wee bit because I just want to talk about the story that you told me before of how you used to give out vegetables to your classmates as Christmas presents. Friendship day gifts, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cute. And they made fun of you, right? Yeah. No, no, some of them did. Some of them were like, they found it funny, but they were okay. Like, like thanks for that. Yeah. What did you get? They found it weird. Repolio. Thanks for the repolio, man. Like, sometimes eggplants, sometimes okay. carrots. Na may poetry na nakaka- like I put a poem connected to the vegetable. That's so unique. Um, but I guess it's it cheap, goes eh? to show that you also like vegetables at a young age. Um, so from vegetarian to vegan or like pescatarian and having all these dietary restrictions yeah. and lifestyle options these days, how were you able to choose and find what works best for you and your body? Well, there was a time in college or maybe like close to the end of college where I was experimenting with how substances make us feel. And I tried doing like all red meat. I tried all meat. And then I eventually switched to like vegetarian. And then I switched to vegan. Then I switched to raw vegan. Then I tried fruitarian. Yeah. Fruitarian. And I, yeah. I felt like people sort of tend to not realize that what they're putting into their body has contains information too. Whether they think it's like nutrients or whether they think it's cosmic downloads or like energy. And I felt like experimenting with those different diets really made it clear to me that you are what you eat. And that, that saying goes really deep. So right now, I'm, I'm doing a pescatarian diet just because I've had an iron deficiency from the lack of iron. And that was the worst. I haven't, I, I haven't gotten sick in years, but that was the worst. When I got sick, my doctor was saying, like, oh, you need iron, maybe you can eat more fish. And it was also, I guess, easier here in Manila because when you eat in other people's houses or whenever I go to my girlfriend's house, it's so hard that I bring my own food or I have to cook my own food or they have to prepare. But now I'm sure they have. Yeah, <laughs> now it's, everyone has fish. Naman, eh, yeah. So... For me, it was like a lot of experimentation. And I feel like right now I can strive for a better diet. But because of, I guess, practicality also and being economical, I've, I've decided to settle within like a pescatarian diet. But whenever, it's, whenever I can choose, I just always choose vegetables. Yeah. It's, it's kind of challenging here to be a vegetarian or vegan because of the options. And we're like a yeah. meat-loving country. Yes, definitely. Like, I personally don't eat pork. It's just a personal preference. And it's hard because sometimes, you know, that's all they serve. Or yeah. like, if I go to Cebu, yeah. I don't want to be rude. So I Let's just like, yeah. yeah. And um, with being pescatarians, you have, you have more room to move around. And you love sushi. Yeah, definitely. So when, 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 when I found out, oh, I could eat fish, it's a nice excuse to eat sushi again. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay, we're also both empaths, I guess you could say. And as artists, we're very sensitive to energies around us. Like, I know for a fact that super sensitive like if yeah. i go to the mall and it's overly crowded sometimes i pick up all kinds of things but sometimes we're too sensitive um could you give any advice or any tools you might use to protect yourself or manage external forces especially negative energy before whenever i would feel like attacked or being invaded by energies or even spirits i i sort of try to imagine this sort of like egg like a sort of egg force field and like I try to sort of just visualize like, like bursts of light. energy, white light, bursts of energy trying to like shoo them away or like even bur- parang, what do you call this? In a video game, it's like you're you're doing like a energy blast. Uh-huh. I would do that and it would, it would give me a lot of like comfort and like feelings of security. It would help. But for people or psychic vampires or people who are in, unintentionally being psychic vampires, I feel like it's important for you to acknowledge the types of energies that people bring into your life and know who to cut off, who's good for you, who's not. 
Ganon. Uh, and being a sensitive person, it's also important for you to be able to communicate your feelings well. And I mean, I guess a lesson is like I'm a Libra, sometimes non-confrontational. It's learning how to like know what to work on as a person, as a human being, and as a spiritual being. And those things, I guess there's a reason why we're sensitive, yeah. So tell us about your Minecraft club, Matryoshka. Okay. Yeah, tell us about it. So um, I, w- I was playing Minecraft recently with a bunch of friends um, at first using a very janky server and i think i got into it i wasn't unexpectedly i got back into minecraft the last time i played it was 2009 and then my, my concept of it was like just an adult lego and then fast forward to now maybe like seven months or eight months before the, the launch of the club i started playing with a bunch of friends um and then we decided this is so slow why don't we just get a server so we decided to like spend on a server and then we had like a small community of people playing with us ironically we didn't plan it it was just all musicians and and all artists Um, we have illustrators in the game we have um, fashion designers and stuff and then eventually one day uh, we have a a town parang virtual village and then while everyone was asleep i was like i had this like weird idea to make a club so i was building i stayed up all night building a club in survival mode meaning i had to like gather all the stuff i have to eat i have to like i can die you have to battle monsters but against those odds i was able to build like a three-floor club that's inspired by Berghain because i wasn't able i've seen it i mean no i've seen your club like online I've seen photos and it's on a, like a tree canopy kind of situation tapos may parang mukha siyang dungeon mukha siyang library Castle. yeah so that was the first iteration of Club Matryoshka and when, it, when people woke up I was like guys I built a club there's a DJ booth there's a sound system and then I was telling them I'm gonna hold a night here this weekend and then they were, everyone was just laughing because it was like a parang inside joke lang but I made a Facebook event and then I started inviting people I made the server um, open, but you have to like answer an application form to get in. Can you tell us about that? Because I read on an article on Vice, mind you, that you also don't ask regular questions. Like you ask people to put a haiku and things like that. That was really that's really a way for me to weed out people who were too cool to get silly. It's like I, I feel like there's a there's a there's some people that love music, but they're very like I'm too cool for this. But I wanted the energy of the club to be fun. Like it's okay to have, make fun of yourself, ganon. So the questions are like, um, what's why would you want to get into the club? But you have to answer in Pig Latin. And then the second one is like, can you write us a haiku? And the other one is like, what's your superpower? And there's three questions long. And then people have so such a hard time answering it. Some people are just like being philosophical about it. What's your um, can you type? What's this? There's someone parang. Um, can you type why you wanna be in the club in Pig Latin and they'll be say they'll be like in Pig Latin in lang yung sagot or like what's your superpower I'm a virgin mga ganon oh, whoa. okay <laughs> um, the recent one the recent club iteration we did was for the rainforest uh, the, we, I I sort of switched up the answers a bit like uh, the questions a bit I asked like how are you helping the planet and and if so please explain because I wanted to know it's like because that, that since that was our theme. Saving the Amazon rainforest. Amazon rainforest. I wanted to be, be more lenient about people who are actually doing their part. So it was nice to see how some of these people, actually most of the people that applied, are actually like not using plastic anymore, or they like reuse their Tupperwares or whatever. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the Vice article for a bit. 
Club Matryoshka is unlike any other bar. It has no cover charge, overpriced cocktails, or any annoying strobe lights. Most of all, it can't be found on any street in the world, but in a private Minecraft server created by musicians in Manila looking for an alternative space to share their work. Do you see this as the future, like virtual hangouts? Is it already happening? I think it's already happening. Because of traffic, yeah. no one wants to go out. I also feel like my inspiration, my main inspiration for Club Matryoshka was creating a place where you can set your own tone for things. And I think that's always been what I've been doing with One One. But I felt like after years of doing events, it started to like sit in a very parang stagnant zone. No one really goes to shows anymore. Everyone's like, I mean, everyone's busy doing their own thing or the types of shows that get filled up are different. Mm -hmm. So I felt like creating a new platform, a, a place where I can set a new context for our content. And I felt like there was room for that. There was a void to be filled. And yeah, that's how it was born. It was like a place where you can do whatever you want, create your own rules, you can create your own worlds. Whenever. Uh, whenever. And then people, can, anyone can watch. Yeah. But how old do you have to be? What are the age restrictions? Well, our youngest viewer is 12. Oh, okay. Um, you yeah. don't have to be 18. You don't have to be 18 the man. But so it's not really like, drinking. Yeah. There's no real drinking, but there's getting intoxicated in the game. Okay. Like the recent iteration, we had like pads. Like if you want to get drunk, step on this. And then you step on this, the screen starts to like warp. And yeah, people were just like mixing. They were mixing the, the what do you call it? the effects. But yeah, I think it's very immersive. It also removes the, the problem of distance. I can book someone from across the world. I can book anyone from i mean filipino artists from the province like the recent show i had people from iloilo wow that's amazing the recent show we had 800 listeners guys we were able to raise yeah we were able to raise funds yeah, funds and, and have fun in the process we were we had mini games like each time you kill a kermit the frog like mm -hmm. a donation is made on your behalf and in the druid stage we had like artists like lust base crown and a lot of other internet artists play so it was a little bit chiller and more mellow yeah. Is that why it was called Druidism? Yeah, yeah Druidism, because it's more of like a forest. Yeah, forest, like forest mages. So we really wanted to get the spirit of like helping the environment with that. I also wanted to test if we can use it as a platform for fundraising for causes or gigs for a cause, and raves for a cause. It worked. That's so yeah. great. Small victory, but yeah, I feel like we could do more. Congrats, yeah. and you heard about it here first. <laughs> Okay, so you've been pretty active through the years on different social media platforms. It comes with the territory of constantly releasing new material. How has your attitude towards social media changed, if at all? And can you give us some tips on how to maintain a healthy relationship with social media? I used to really be confused about social media. I had a problem with people knowing everything about you. It's like sometimes I'd run to the mall and be like, someone would be like, oh, you're like this, or you came from this, or you're doing this now. And I'd be like... It's weird. I don't know this person, but they know so much about me. But I realize now it's 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 not about like just you know disappearing from it. It can be a, a tool. You can. It's also something that you can use wisely or you can abuse. So I think it's better to know what social media can do for you, to know how helpful it can be, but also to know the dangers of it or to be careful how to be a smart user. And like about set it. your own yeah. parameters. Yeah. For right. me now, it's like I use it mostly to promote stuff. Um, I use it sometimes to communicate ideas or like even Twitter. It's like for Twitter, I like talking about opinions or like my frustrations. I like to rant a lot. But I also want to sort of like talk about releases there or get people to know that, oh, I'm still alive. I'm working on this. Um, in terms of Facebook, it's very, people use it here a lot to connect. 
So my clients hit me up there. Yeah, um, even in college, I remember um, even if you wanted to delete your Facebook, you couldn't because yeah. all your groups were there. Me also, as Lalo, now as a teacher, I'm the one being asked to create groups. Yeah. And p- students don't like checking emails for some reason. So they're like, send me na lang the handouts on Facebook, Facebook. Messenger. Part of me feels like it's so weird because it's like, even if you want to disconnect, I love just being disconnected. You can't sometimes. It's like they're always constantly like messaging you. It gets overwhelming. Eh? So I have some days where I just do detox. It's like deactivate, deactivate. I look at it as seasons. Maybe this is the time that I'll be on because I'm promoting an event. But there are times that I just want to be alone and like soak up my own. In your cave. Yeah. Because just... sometimes you don't hear your own voice anymore. So many voices chatting with you or like interacting with you online. Na parang, which one is my voice? That's where meditation comes into play or even occasional detoxes or retreats. It's a really nice way of putting it. It's like it can be overwhelming every day to have like sometimes I'm like, why am I craving pizza? Because like maybe someone talked about yeah. this specific pizza and I'm just like, wow, it really works. You said um, sometimes people would recognize you in the mall before yeah. and you'd be weirded out, right? You recently tweeted about an experience in Japan where you ran into this store owner who was listening to your music and he was shocked to realize that you were similar objects. And in a recent trip that to Denmark, funny. I met someone like randomly who also mentioned how he was a huge fan of your work. He even thought you were a band. And he was just like, <laughs> he was like, you know the whole band? And I was like, no, it's one guy. That's like funny. he does all those things. So you seem to have a following in so many nooks and crannies of the world. How do you see yourself um, evolving further? Like, is there anything else you want to accomplish? Because right now they know you. Yeah. For, of course. Uh, yeah. I feel like just solidifying it even further like there's a lot of like mixed ideas about what similar objects are who he is i feel like it's more about like just polishing the whatever thing is and there who is he <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Gonna no, i mean who is that's a who question is similar like, objects yeah sometimes i feel like it's this thing that i'm channeling so some the people ask me it's like I, I sometimes, I'm sometimes afraid to answer this question because like depending on who's asking it's like or they'll say it's like some marketing thing but I really feel like it's something that you channel like even talking about my other musical projects I feel like it's a sp- they're all split personalities if I make something I know if it's similar objects I know if it's like Presentius I know if it's Novo yeah and they all live yeah, split personalities ko, yeah that's so cool and also how do you react when like that experience with a store owner that one, I was like, I felt like I was being punked. I was like, is my girlfriend punking me? Because she's the one who asked me to buy the camera. Oh, so yeah. you guys didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know wow. that. I, she didn't even know about, about that place. I asked around. And then they were telling me, that's a nice place. I checked on Instagram muna. The camera she wanted was there kasi. Actually, when I went into the store. Gabby set it up. Pala. <laughs> she, <laughs> I, I, call, I was calling her. I was like, uh, the guy knows me. Pala. And so I went into the store. Unuuna, medyo masungit yung guy. He was talking to a bunch of Japanese schoolgirls, and they were all giggling, having fun, talking about cameras. And I put myself on the side, and it's like, how do I ask? I, I didn't. I was worried at first. Does he know how to speak English? But later on, the mga tao. So he went back to fixing his stuff. He was playing music, and then he was fixing cameras. And I asked him, like, do you have this model, the one that Gabby was looking for? But I also noticed the music already, right? And then, yeah, I was asking, he was talking about this model, his recommendations, and this special camera that's not even out on the market yet, though, the 3D, and um, And then he asked, are you from the Philippines? And I was like, yeah. So for a brief moment, he was talking about food, adobo, how there's this girl, though, in the bar there that cooks adobo for them. 
And then later on, he was like asking about, oh, do you know similar objects? Oh and God. it's like the second thing he mentioned. So I thought, is this a joke? Yeah. What are the odds? And then he was like, I was like, that's me. And then he made this like confused face. Like, huh? And then he said, it's me. And he was like, Parang, huh? So I showed him my Instagram and he was like, then he showed me his laptop. It was like my SoundCloud. Wow. And then he was like, he started Googling just to, sh- to, to prove to himself, na parang, is this him? And then he showed me the video that my girlfriend took of us in Finland. It's like, is that you playing in the forest? I was like, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh so he was laughing and he was embarrassed. And he was like, he gave me a discount. Like, you know, I'll give nice. you a discount. I'll give you a discount on anything you want. And I'll even sell you this camera that's not even out on the market yet. And... Wow. It was nice. It was random. And it was interesting to know that, yeah. you know, there's people there that it's listen. Japan pala. Yeah. And Denmark yeah. and all over. That's so cool. We saw the tweet while mm. we were traveling and we were like, whoa, trippy. Ako eh. talaga ako. And last but not the least, favorite question, how do you stay grounded? I think it's a lot of self-assessment and meditation talaga. Like, it really keeps me sane. There's some days na I feel like hindi ko na kaya or like I don't want to live or just want to erase myself. But whenever I meditate and get back to that sort of like grounded zone or like in my level, I realize, I just laugh at myself. Why was I thinking that? Um, I also do this thing that every year, maybe in the start of the year, New Year, and during my birthday, it's like reassessing myself. Um, I do this thing where I write down um, uh, the elements fire, air, water, and I ask myself what things or what activities or goals have I accomplished that relate to those elements. I feel like it's a, it's, it's a it's nice like way avatar. to sort of accomplish everything you want to do. Because yeah. we have sides of ourselves that are fire-related, other sides of ourselves that are earth-related, air, could you give like a brief example like for example for water for water it's a lot of the emotional stuff like things that cater to your emotional needs relationships yeah relationships relationships Mm -hmm. with your friends relationships with your other with your significant other Mm -hmm. earth naman is sort of like um, exercise ganon um, water, any, air is anything intellectual or maybe reading books, learning something new, teaching someone, being a mentor to someone. So I, I do this every year and it, it always makes me feel okay when I start reassessing, crossing things out. Usually in the start of the year, nakakatakot siya ang dami. But at the end of the year, it's like, oh shit, at least I'm still I'm doing. getting yeah, things done. Yeah. And so fire would be passion. Yeah, passion-related stuff. Or like even putting your foot down in certain situations, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just kidding. That was the second to the last question because yeah. I just remembered. I wanted to ask you about your album okay. coming up. You mentioned there was something different about it in terms of the way you were going to yeah. put it out there. Could so basically, I, I've been working on this album for three years. It's called Infinite Reg- Regression. And um, sonically, I feel like it envisions a world where there's no separation of like anything. Like uh, I, For conspiracy theorists, they would say New World Order type stuff. But... For me, I just imagine like a world where everything is smushed. Everything is one. Um, you, you can hear elements of opera. You can hear oriental elements. You can hear techno, gabber, industrial, um, hard dance. Um, there's R&B. Yeah, there's, it's everything I love into, rolled into like one thing. Um, and the medium of release would be a film. There's two films coming out and a video game. Oh, yeah. Video yeah. Game. I started developing the video game like three years ago. Uh, and now I ask a team to help me out because a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I've been doing is like very tedious and I needed I realized I need a team to polish up the codes because I showed it to some people they were like ang kalat ng codes mo okay. but I, I feel like 
I know I, I'm really happy with how it's panning out because it's it's a different way to sort of communicate the idea. I mean, everyone's releasing just like Spotify links or like even random download links, and I feel like immersing them in the the headspace that I was in during the album and helping them sort of like unravel the mysteries themselves for, would be interesting. And the game is pretty like abstract and really trippy. So even even if you're not into like deep shit, just playing the game and it'll be we'll, fun. Yeah. Do I don't want to spoil it so much, but yeah, there's a lot going on there. Oh, that yeah. sounds so yeah. exciting. So you can have your own video game yeah. and all these things. And we wish you the very best. Thank you so much for your time you here for today. Me. And for all your amazing insights. And we look forward to all the future music. And I'll see you in class tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. See you.